Soccer fans, welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 3. I'm your host, Sal Qatar, and I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How are you doing today, Nihal? Well, certainly a lot better than last week, man. Uh, I was a little bit under the weather, but I'm happy to be back on the podcast. And I am happy to be with you talking about actual soccer that's happened for the first time in how long? Uh, two years almost? Yeah, yeah two almost. years. Well, two, a year and a half. It's been a year and a half. Uh, real quickly, besides bef- that one L Classico right uh, in December review thing, yeah. Uh, real quickly, before we get into the soccer, I want to give a huge thank you to Arlie for letting us use their, for allowing us to use their music on the show. Definitely go check out their new EP called Wait. It's really good. Um, I know you like it too, so uh, you should I definitely really go ch- you should definitely go check that out. Um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Also, I do apologize about my audio. We had some technical difficulties in that I can't find my mic. So, um, <laughs> it's a throwback to season one, very early on in season one when we were just using, uh, whatever we had at home. So, well, yeah, well, I'm still using a yes. mic. Yeah. So it might so. even be more noticeable with the discrepancy in audio Okay. Quality. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We're, we're pushing through, um, Okay, so today we're going to be talking about two major European games that happened, and we're going to get into those. It's going to be Bayern Munich versus Borussia Gladbach, and Liverpool versus Manchester City, which happened Sunday morning today at the time that we're recording this. But first, we're going to talk about some big news. Um, as many of you may know, there are upcoming USMNT friendlies against Colombia and Peru. The roster was released a few weeks back, but... Recently, there's been some updates because Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams sustained injuries over the weekend. Tyler Adams has had back spasms. Pulisic tore uh, tore a calf muscle in Dortmund's win over Augsburg over the weekend. So, um, obviously, some major injuries, Nihal. Uh, Do you think this is going to make it less fun? Are you a little more worried about the chemistry or the cohesiveness of the team? Uh, What what are your first thoughts? So, also, Weston McKinney had to pull out due to a right abductor injury or right. abductor injury so um th- basically the three players that everyone was probably most looking forward to seeing won't be on the roster uh, i am looking forward to seeing john brooks back in the team uh with matt miazga and cameron carter vickers you know reggie cannon from fc dallas is an interesting youngster we get to see more of julian green um and uh, bobby wood who are having nice seasons over in germany bobby wood just coming off a brace this weekend and then, of course, you have people like Tim Weah, Anthony Robinson, Josh Sargent, the, the youngsters, uh, and Andrea Novakovic, the youngsters we're all excited to see. Uh, Fafa Pico, if you remember, was playing uh, in the second Bundesliga, but now he's playing with the Philadelphia Union. He was called up. Uh, I believe he replaced either Pulisic or Adams. I forgot which one he replaced, but um, he'll, it'll be interesting to see if he gets into the team. And then finally, I know I'm like basically naming the whole roster here, but uh, <laughs> Kenny Saif, you know, we haven't seen him since his injury uh, prior to the uh, Gold Cup or during, was it during the Gold Cup? Yeah, during the Gold Cup. Oh no, after the Gold Cup, right? But he had an injury. He played in the Gold Cup and then he had an injury. Um, uh, he played in the 2017 Gold Cup and he had an injury. So yeah. we haven't seen him in, in quite some time. And I think he actually could be... Um, you know, really good for the team. You know, we don't really have many left-footed playmakers, and he sort of fits that role, uh, even though he does play on the outside of midfield. 
And then the young 19-year-old speedster playing in Denmark, Jonathan Ammon, who's had a very good season. Um, also extremely excited to see him and see what he can do. Uh, he's... He's a true winger, which, uh, you know, we don't really have on the roster. I guess Christian Pulisic, I mean, is the closest thing. He is a winger, but, you know, we tend to deploy him in central midfield. Um, so Jonathan Ammon, really excited to see him. Uh, was surprised Romain Gall didn't get called up. He's having a nice season for Malmo in Sweden. Um, that being said, can we, can we hire a manager? Is that something we can do? Maybe Jose Mourinho? Dude, I, I think that... <laughs> It's not going to be Jose Mourinho. You know who it's going to be. It's a man who you've worked very close with in the past. Yeah, um, you know, I, you know, I was, I was uh, walking out of the office one day with my friend, my coworker Ian, and there was no one else there. You know, after the games, we used to, uh, Ian and I used to drop off uh, a bunch of the bibs and the walkie-talkies back in the main office while people were still working in the press box. You know, we'd be one of the last people to leave. And we're walking out of the office, and we just hear a voice saying, um, have a good night, guys. And it was Greg Berhalter. So, also, <laughs> yeah. fun fact, Greg Berhalter, I was trying to get Eintracht Frankfurt to take their team photo. I was trying to get Timmy Chandler's attention. And <laughs> I, was, I was apparently in Greg Berhalter's way, so he pushed me out of the way on the sideline. So. Oh, right, right. I actually I, I went to that game. I remember seeing you on the field. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so those, <laughs> those two interactions I had with Greg Berhalter. And honestly, once that happens, we'll talk more about it. Um, I, you know, I... I well, yeah, I, know, I mean, I want to hear, I mean, you, I mean, obviously you watched every single home game for an entire year. So, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts. Like, well, like what, like, do you think that, I know a lot of people are down on it. It's not an exciting hire by any means. It's not something so out of the box, but do you think that he was, you know, uh, tactically apt, I guess? Yeah. Well, so the thing with, with crew SC is, you're not going to get big-name DPs. We, we, we did have Federico Iguain and still do, and we were able to get Pedro Santos. Um, and then we had some nice players and Ethan Finley for about half the season, Kakuta Mane, um, Justin Miram, who's now back, you know, uh, Will Trapp and Artur in midfield. So, I mean, there's some really good players there, but uh, um, and Zach Steffen, of course, at the back. Uh, the thing about Crew SC was, was, you know, they were very committed to the system and very, very tactically aware. You know, Greg Berhalter made adjustments, he, changed, he tinkered with formations, um, there, and the main thing that he did, the, the, basically his MO was, was playing possession, playing it out of the back, and keeping the ball on the ground as much as possible, uh, and getting it into your playmaker's feet, like um, Miram, Iguain, and Santos, and honestly, those, those players were interchange. It was a pretty flowing um, three behind the striker, Ola Kamara, when he was there, so, uh, you know, he... he gives his attacking players a lot of freedom, but he also demands some defensive work from those players as well. Uh, and I, you know, I would have no problem with Greg Berhalter being the manager. He'd probably be my second choice of MLS managers behind Tata Martino. Um, but Ernie Stewart, the U.S. soccer GM, said that he wanted someone who spoke English as his first language, basically. I mean, that's basically what they said. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, know about that, but... Right, but uh, I mean, but know, it's, right? it's still not a hire that you'd be excited about, though. Well, it's right? not it's not one that I'm gonna be doing backflips over, but <laughs> I, I I certainly think that uh, it's a better move than Jurgen Klinsmann. Um, I, I think it's you know <laughs> I think he'll be better than Bruce Arena, um, and like m much better than than someone like Greg Vanny or or Peter Vermees, in my opinion. I, I think of the MLS managers, Greg Berhalter. 
is, is a good choice. You know, he has some international experience. And, you know, like, like I said, he's, he's had to do more with less in Columbus, you know. So you know, they're consistent, except for the one down year after they made MLS Cup, you know, they've, they've consistently been at the top uh, or near the top of the East. And, you know, especially with all the stuff going on with, with Crew SC right now, it, it seems like um, something that is very likely to happen. Uh, and then, you know, if Precourt ends up getting his move, the Columbia, or Austin, I guess, can hire a new manager and Greg Berhalter can come right into uh, the U.S. men's national team setup. And, you know, he's a former player. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know if we've ever had a former player, a uh, U.S. men's national team player, manage, manage the team. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't think that's happened. And maybe that's some, some valuable experience that he has some valuable experience he can pass on. Right, right. Um, but, you I know, he's not even hired yet. I, I, we're t we spent a lot of time on this. Uh, yeah. I, I will say, though, I mean, I just don't really agree with the philosophy that they need to have English as their first language. Or, well, so here's, here's the mean, thing. That's, that's not really what was said. It was said that they need to be proficient in English, um, which, you know, I, I understand, but practically it, it makes I mean, sense. That's, I mean, it's not like European is one language that every international manager speaks, right? I mean, some, I mean right. some of the most successful coaches in Europe aren't, from the country that they coach. And no, I agree. I agree. But when and there you, are like good managers right now. Like when you have, I mean, when you have far less time with your players, um, I think it's important to be able to get your point across. And like Jurgen Klinsmann was kind of a great situation because he spoke German and English, uh, <laughs> which, you know, it's a huge chunk of our, our team, right? Or basically all of our team. Um, and I think a lot of the the Hispanic guys know English and even if they didn't like obviously it shouldn't matter you know it it doesn't you shouldn't have to speak English um to be a part of the U.S. national team in any way in my opinion um but I mean I get I get it I I think part of it I think part of it was maybe Ernie Stewart put putting that out there so he has a criteria that Greg Berhalter meets as opposed to someone like Tata Martino so people couldn't get as angry <laughs> right <laughs> but you know that's I don't know. I, that's just pure oh. speculation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a decent roster. I mean, there, yeah, like you said, there weren't too many teams that, or sorry, players that um, I would have wanted on that didn't make it. Um, I think that uh, Brad Guzan, I mean, you know, I mean, he honestly, I mean, he deserves the call-up. Like, I mean, he's obviously, he's had a solid season for Atlanta United, but I mean, that's not like a name that jumps off the paper, but like, I think that's the only name that is like, is just, just reeks of like old USMNT. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I mean, Michael Bradley, obviously, but yeah. I think that, I mean, he's just too talented and versatile player to completely give up on. And I think that, I mean, yeah, he was the scapegoat a lot uh, for a lot of USMNT fans in the past, but right. he, he, he can have a place in this team. He, he doesn't need to be the superstar anymore though. And oh, I think that, that'd be good for him. I absolutely think he could have, have a place in this team in a midfield with Adams and McKenney, although I would rather see someone like Darlington Nagby in there or Christian Pulisic if, if uh, you know, he, we're going to play him in the middle. Um, the one thing I will say that I forgot to mention about Greg Berhalter is 
he likes to have that Will Trap type of player. So unfortunately, we might be seeing a lot more of Will Trap, who I think is a decent player. I just don't think he's international quality, which we saw in the last friendlies. Um, yeah, I think, I he's, think a, he's a good backup I, and a good leader, but I think we should have uh, we should come up with a term for players who are overrated because of their loyalty. Teacher's pet, coach's pet. I mean, yeah. I no, not, not not loyalty necessarily to the coach, but to the club. Oh, and well, the city. Do, do you think Will Trap is over? I mean, he's kind of the face. Of, I mean, he's yeah, he's, like, he's, he's yeah. from he's from Columbus. He's a local. You see him on the commercials. I mean, okay, look, like he's as a, a Roma he's, fan, he's I mean, I feel like he's Alessandro Florenzi and Daniele De Rossi. Like, I mean, this is kind of different. It's just like because like, but there's like this this deep love for for Roman homegrown players, which is fine. I mean, I think, I honestly, I think that's pretty cool, like, to have, like, a kind of a backbone of players that you know won't leave. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't, ex- I feel like, you know, they kind of get a, they kind of get pretty cocky. It's kind of... The, well, I, I don't know if I see Will Trap as that. I just think that his skill set kind of fits into what Greg Berhalter wants from that position. Um... He's not flashy. He, he doesn't get forward. Well, he does get forward sometimes, but he doesn't get forward often. He's good at organizing the defense. He's vocal back there. Um, right. I mean, I, I think I'm just more so disappointed because I expected him to be better by now at this, at this point in the trajectory of his career than he is. Well, yeah, but that's pretty much every player. <laughs> okay. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, sure. Whatever you say. Yeah, maybe that is most players. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are some guys. I'm, I'm trying to. There are some guys at the last World Cup that, um, we like weren't as good in their youth as they like, and then they kind of became like veterans and they became like solid, like, like. I mean, we didn't. Unfortunately, we didn't qualify for the World Cup. So how solid were they? No, I'm talking about like at the 2014 World Cup. You mean like Yedlin? I mean, yeah, but we were all excited about... No, like, I mean, yeah, like, 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 so, like, Beckerman, okay, whatever, like, he's not a great player, but, like, he played a solid role, oh, and, like, like, that, that? was, okay. he was, like, an older player okay. who, like, I see what you're saying. just kind of came around, but, like... I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I... I, Will I know Tra- Will Trapp's not that old yet, but... He's not near that we'll old. See. He's, like, 24, So maybe, maybe he will have a second coming, like, like some of those guys did. I don't know. You want another Kyle Beckerman? No, I don't. <laughs> Another Kyle Beckerman. I just think that he's a player who was always struggled to get into the pool, and then he just kind of found his okay, spot. I, I'll say if if Will Trapp is starting for the U.S. Men's National Team at the 2022 World Cup, I will be very disappointed. This is true. This is true. All right. I mean, do you, do you think that uh, that uh, like uh, uh, like an Acosta Adams McKenney midfield wouldn't work? No, I th- that's what I'm saying. That's why I would much rather see that. I would much rather see Nagby or Pulisic in there. That's you true. Know, I don't think, I don't think, I would, honestly, I'd rather see Michael Bradley in there in four years than Will Trapp. I think Michael Bradley's a better player. So, I, and then there's players like Keaton Parks, players we don't even know about yet. Um, so, you know, I, I, Will Trapp, you know, he's solid. I think he, I think, you know, I don't mind having him on the roster. I think he's a good backup. I just don't think he's starting quality for, for the U.S. Men's National Team. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
All right, do you want to get to the European soccer? We, we've been talking about this for like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I want to say I've been trying to switch gears for the past like five minutes. So you're, you're the one who wanted to cut, keep this short. but. <laughs> no, yeah, we were, we were in our production meeting and uh, <laughs> I did not you, you, really you, you want to talk about the you roster. You made a FaceTime call before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not want to talk about uh, the USMNT roster in, in length, but... Uh, yeah, I, I just got into it, and maybe maybe that's one of the reasons I didn't want to do it. Maybe that's true. I thought we, 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 we would tend go on to. Well, so we'll we'll talk about the games. Um, we'll probably have one. We'll probably have an episode after each game. Well, you'll be back here, so bring your mic. Well, <laughs> no, I actually. Well, if you want to, okay. <laughs> this is just. I don't know if this breaks podcast etiquette, but if you want to record on Thursday, Thursday night, I'll still be here because I'm flying in Friday morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we, we can record twice. You're breaking the the third wall. <laughs> are there four walls? Breaking... Are, are there four walls in the audio medium? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I, what, I, what is happening? We're going off the rails here. All right, but yeah, no, this, this is, is this is this is why you listen to us, right? This is this is why right, we right. Have this. We're not your you're not we're not your fifty year old. MLS.com you know, writers, okay. soccer writers. You know I have, what I mean? I have a bone to pick. Can I, can I just go off on a knee-haul tangent here? Dude, go ahead. Okay. Um, I have a bone to pick with the internet. You know, there's been a certain trend, you know, attacking people for starting podcasts. I just want to say, I feel like we were a little bit ahead of the curve with this whole starting <laughs> podcast thing. But that being said, it still hurts, okay? We're just two guys talking about something we love. Not trying to make a living, although we've been mildly successful, more successful than I guess we probably thought we would have been. Um, and, at least you know, as quickly. As, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't even know where we are at this point in the podcast. Like, we might just have one listener for all I know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, you're, if you listen, please reach out to us on Twitter. It would be great to hear from you guys. Or email us or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, come on, internet. Why? Why? Why are we? Why are we crapping on people? For and honestly, doing what they I want? mean, I think the like the 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 authenticity of a podcast versus like watching like NFL Live or something like that is the beauty of it. And I, and I think like just the fact that I can listen to like regular people talk like regular people in this yeah. kind of medium is the beauty of it. So I, I mean, I like that you know guys our age are starting podcasts or. Yeah, I will. I will say. I think soccer. I mean, I think podcasts are great for sports and news. Um, there are definitely a lot of weird podcasts that I've seen that are just kind of like. Well, one of our friends, uh, Richie, had a, had a podcast where he rated sauces. Yeah, Sauce, I mean, what's sauces. wrong with that? You no, would never. Nothing. That, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong that's with that. Good. It's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. So uh, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. So yeah, to. All the people out there giving people crap for, for starting a podcast, you know, I'm all for the internet memes and the jokes, but it's still hurtful. It's still hurtful. I got a, I got a, um, a tweet shared with me from my, my good friend, Katie, and it was basically one of those things that was like, <laughs> I guess I'm in my late 20s now. I better start a podcast. And it cut deep. It was too real. Okay, you, dude, we, you were like 19 when you started this podcast. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's not even true. Which is kind of crazy, actually, thinking about that. Um, yeah, you were yeah. young. You were young. I, go back, go back, 15. go back, and yeah. uh, listen to our first episode, and listen to Sahil's voice, and see how much it changed. Oh yeah, I also probably sounded really nervous and shaky too. 
Uh, oh, the podcast was just way worse back it then. It would take me, okay, how many times do y'all want to take me to do the intro? Uh, like on a podcast. Okay, but see, the problem is we had those intros like written. Yeah, so, no, that's true. So it would take you like okay, okay. Can, like, can we talk about the? the <laughs> can we be what the title says we are? <laughs> okay, all right. Well, okay, we're, not, we're so, not the philosophical brothers. I feel like I feel the neurotic brothers. I feel like that, that's what we are. That's for so another day. Timeless. That's for another day. <laughs> another podcast. Save it for the philosoph- philosophy podcast. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I mean, it'll probably come to this where they're like premium podcasts or like 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 light podcasts and like, you know what I mean? Where like, if you want like exclusive philosophical soccer brothers content, subscribe. Like this is just like the premium. I mean, we can already do that. We just choose not to. Well, on a streaming medium, can you charge a podcast? No, but we could do it. I mean, not through SoundCloud or iTunes. But gotcha. Yeah, we could do it on our website, which. Okay, okay. Let's save this for the production meeting. <laughs> <laughs> the FaceTime meeting. The FaceTime yeah. call before the next podcast. Yeah, you have, you have class in the morning. We should, we should get going. <laughs> um, okay, so on Saturday morning, Bayern Munich took on Borussia Mönchengladbach. Bayern Munich was coming off a pretty bad run of form. They hadn't won a game since September the 22nd. Niko Kovac was on a bit, was on a bit of a hot seat, but... Um, he could definitely redeem himself in this game. Borussia Mönchengladbach uh, is a team that has a terrible, terrible away record. They haven't won, they've won one away game in, the, in their last 14, and their last one was at Hanover in February. So going into this game, you know, I, I we picked it because you know it's two teams kind of at the high end of the table. Wanted to watch a little Bayern Munich, but it definitely didn't go the way that we thought it would. Um, do you want to go over the goals first, and then we can jump into the tactics and stuff? Yeah, why don't you do that? Okay, so in the 10th minute, whoa, okay. So <laughs> this is the first <laughs> shot for Borussia Mönchengladbach. So uh, well, on the and, side. And, and, and it's, it's, I mean, it was kind of against the run of play too. You know, Bayern had a couple of chances early on there that, you know, one, um, I believe, was Mueller was offside. Um, right, great save by Jan Sommer. Yeah, though. yeah. Jan Sommer is a great goalkeeper, by the way. I, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, uh, and then there was another. I know Hamas had a good delivery before that, and it was kind of a, a yeah. mess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Byron was on the front foot even even after the first goal. But let's get to the first goal first. <laughs> so Alessana Playa had a great goal. Playa and Jan Hoffman just had a simple one-two. Playa received it back from him, and it's just, it was just a beautiful curling shot to the far right corner from the Frenchman. Neuer had no chance. That was his fifth league goal. Just a beautiful shot, Neil, right? Yeah, and you know, Hoffman really showed up everywhere on the pitch today. You know, he, he plays in the central midfield, but, uh, but you know, he, he's, a, he's a player. He's a really good player. And, you know, looking at... This is sort of going off there, but going uh, off on a tangent again here. But looking at the Bayern Mönchengladbach roster, it's full of a lot of exciting players that you know we know about that you might not realize were there: Oscar Vent, Hoffman, uh, Lars Stindl, Kramer, um, Thorgan Hazard, Jan Sommer, Ginter. Players that have been in and around uh, the German national team and their respective national teams. You know, so it's it's a good it's a good team. It's a good eleven. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, they've kind of just been underachieving uh, in the recent years. Like, this right. team definitely has a lot of talent, but uh, they just haven't been able to put the pieces together. But I don't know. It looks like it could be turning around. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so then in the second minute, or the, sorry, in the second goal, just six minutes later, 
Jonas Hoffman plays a long ball over the top to play again. It's too far, and it goes out for a goal kick. So Neuer, as he does, just tries to get play going as quickly as possible. But either Thiago Alcantara isn't either isn't paying attention or isn't ready or something. So he's just not ready for Neuer to start back up the play, and he touches it right to Fabian Stindl. Stindl cuts onto his right foot and puts it far left past Neuer. Bayern's down 2-0 in the 16th minute. Well, I think it's one of those things where you're playing out of the back and you're trying to take a little touch forward on the inside of your foot so you, you, the field opens up for you. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember Phil Jagielka doing this against Wolverhampton in the first game of the season where he was trying to, get it, he was trying to play out of the back, he takes the touch and it just gets a little bit in front of him and then you know, you're screwed and, and Schindel is in on goal. So I, I, think it was, I, don't, I, I, don't, I think it was just a bad touch. I think he was just let down by his touch, to be honest. That's what it looked like to me. And I think this was kind of indicative of the Muchin Gladbach approach for much of the game. I think even though... Obviously, they were sitting back for a lot of the time. They still pressured a lot of the ball carriers, particularly on the wings with, with yeah. Ribery and Nabri in the second half. So, I mean, it was a safe approach for most of the game, but it was a smart one, too. Man, you've been watching too much football. Ball carriers? Really? <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. Ball carriers. Save it for the football podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's <laughs> American football. Yes, American football. <laughs> All right. <laughs> in the second half, um, unfortunately, this is not a goal, but it's a big event. Um, David Alaba got injured in the 55th minute. He looked to have a hamstring injury. We hope he's all right. Um, Renato Sanchez came on for him. Now, that was after a pair of substitutions at halftime um, mm-hmm. in which Frank Ribery and Serge Gnabry came on. So we'll talk a little bit more about the tactical implications of that. But I'll get to the third goal first. Uh, Patrick Ehrmann in the 88th minute. Gladbach finally puts away the game. Christoph Kramer receives the ball off a corner, plays it into the box to Patrick Herman. Big mistake by Leon Goretzka missing, missing the header while he was uh, marking Hermann. And a bad effort by Hummels after Hermann initially touched the ball, but uh, Hermann's able to settle the ball well and put it in the back of the net. Absolutely. And, you know, we were just talking about Will Trapp, and Christoph Kramer is, is exactly what I would want Will Trapp to be. Um, <laughs> You know, he's, he's really good back there in that number six role, and, and he's really good at distributing the ball, as you, as you can see on this goal here. For sure, for sure. I, I, th- I think that took, a, you know, that took me by surprise. It wasn't uh, your kind of standard short corner or a regular corner. It was, it was a, just kind of a trailing run on the edge of the box, so really good set play by, by Bridget Gall back there. Absolutely. So, obviously, this game... Bayern Munich are going to have more stats. I mean, I don't know the specific stats, but they're going to have more shots. They're going to have more possession. But, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, Bruchemuch and Gladbach knew their talent. They knew who they had on the pitch. And I think they uh, might have honestly tactically outclassed Bayern for much of the game. I would, I would agree with that. I think one of the biggest fallacies people see is they'll look, or people have is they'll look at the possession stats, they'll look at the shots, and they'll think, Okay, that team dominated. They deserve to win. Um, fortunately, this is not FIFA, where you know that just means you outplayed the other team. <laughs> and you're right, uh, Munch and Gladbach were prepared. They came in with a game plan and they executed it perfectly. And on top of that, they capitalized on Bayern Munich's mistakes and they made more mistakes than usual. Their defense has kind of been—I um, don't want to say in shambles, but they—they they haven't really been up to snuff uh, recently. And it's a big—it's to- a big reason why. Um, Kovac's team is, is struggling right now. 
Um, I think this game was so fascinating because you could you could physically see in some of the touches that the pressure this this is kind of one of this is a tipping point you know like obviously they haven't had a great run of form but you could see the players visibly frustrated after every foul touches were bad players looked nervous out of shape it it was a game that we could be remembering down the line if Kovac is fired absolutely and you know uh they really is is Jerome Boateng injured I I'm not sure, honestly, but here, yes, he did not feature in this game. Well, because I, I know that he had the whole um, drama where he might have left the club. I, I, I don't remember seeing that he was injured anywhere. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Nicolas Sula, but, you know, he's no Jerome Boateng. Um, and I think that, you know, even though I wouldn't say any of the goals were really Sula's fault today, uh, or yet, I guess, two days ago, um, you know, it, he, he is not Jerome Boateng. So I, I think they do miss him. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the, the, other thing, the other thing I want to say, well, there's a couple of things. Um, first, you know, I, I don't think Tiago Alcantara, well, and I, it's not that I don't think, he's not a number six. He's not, you know, the Bayern was playing a 4-1-4-1, essentially, and uh, Tiago Alcantara was playing as sort of that lone pivot uh, behind the four in the midfield. And I don't think that's using his abilities to the fullest I think he's more comfortable closer to the 18 he's more comfortable with players around him so he can play um, some quick passes but you know defensively he's not good enough to be in that role and when you know it, it showed today you know it, it's he can maybe he can maybe manage there when Bayern is completely dominating a lesser opponent but in a match like this where you're playing a talented opposition it's not going to work and that was well, that was evident today. You know, he, yeah. he was he was by himself. He was on an island. I mean, yeah, and obviously that 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 touch, he was in between the center backs on that touch that led to that Fabian Stindl goal. So right. I mean, I think I think that's more, you know, concentration. I mean, yeah, yeah it yeah. doesn't. That's not necessarily a tactical thing, but at the same time, you know. Well, and, and you know, with the way the match started when you have, you know. The players you have in front um, of Tiago Alcantara, those are attacking players. So you know the, he's not going to have that much help defensively. No, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I kind of want to outline the changes that were made in the second half. So um, right at halftime, Kovac uh, brought off Iron Robin and Thomas Mueller, which I thought, you know, I, I didn't really like that. I mean, Robin and Mueller did have their fair share of chances in the first half. But, and, and I mean, I think Robin is, even with, you know, his age getting up there, still one of the most dynamic players in this entire team. And Mueller, obviously, um, has one of the best positional senses in the entire world. So See, I, 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 think, I think taking Robin off was the right decision. Um, you know, I, I think he's really lost it. I think he's really lost a step. I'm not saying he can't be, um, you know, he, he can't contribute. At all, but I think Serge Gnabry is is a player that should be seeing more time on the pitch uh, for Bayern Munich. I, I, you know, he's pacier, he's he's direct, and you know, Robin's game's a little. I, he is, he's made it work for I don't know it's what 16, 15 years, um, but his game's a little bit too predictable in my opinion um, at this point in his career, where he doesn't have the pace to just completely shred players. Um, 
I mean, yeah, he's, no, he's, I mean still, he's, he's still a great player. Like, there's, there's no doubting that. I do agree with you, Thomas Mueller. I don't think that Kovacs deployed Mueller in correctly today. You know, when we saw Bayern being successful early in the season, it was Mueller and Lewandowski playing off of each other up top. And, you know, they were nowhere near each other in this game. And I think, or in the first half, I mean, you know, because Mueller came off. So I think they really need to get those two up top together. And, uh, and that's, that's where the magic happens between those two. Absolutely. I, I definitely think there was a disconnect. And yeah, I mean, I can see that point about Robin. Um, I thought he had a few threatening moments, but there were moments where you feel like he would have scored or he would have made the perfect cross if he was, you know, a younger version of himself. But, um, you know, I mean... I mean, it's not only him declining. I'm just... I'm a fan of um, Serge Gnabry. I think he should be playing more. I I I, agree. I agree with that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I I think that overall, the shape that they took in the second half... um, favored a few players. So we saw Goretzka started the game as a midfielder, but he moved to fullback because of Alaba's injury, which, um, and then obviously Ribery and Nabri are two wide players. So they slotted in on outside and then Hamas moved from outside into the, into the center of the midfield along with Sanchez and Tiago. So, right. And I think that was the right decision. I think, I think, I think Hamas Rodriguez is much more effective in the midfield, much more effective where he can sort of right. pull the strings and, where he can play off of Thomas Mueller and Robert Lewandowski rather than just being isolated on the wing. And um, I think it was better for Goretzka, too. He was pretty invisible in the first half. Uh, I yeah. thought his overlapping runs were, were, a, little, were a little better over Robert, uh, excuse me, Nabry. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, is there I mean, anything else tactically you want to talk about here? I, you know, one thing I noticed was how frustrated Bayern Munich got um, and how... I mean, they, I think it really affected the way they play. Well, you know, you saw Frank Ribery get into the face of the referee after, uh, or as he was being rewarded, awarded a yellow card. And, I, I mean, I was surprised he didn't get a red card. Did you, do you remember that? Yeah, no, he, he, was, he was hot, yeah. And, I mean, just, you know, there was a lot of offside calls on the Bayern Munich team, a lot of fouls called against them. Um, so, you know, I think... You know, seven I think, fi- I, think seven I remember after, uh, do you remember that moment where Ribéry crossed it and then Hamas went for an overhead kick? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I remember even Ribéry and maybe a few other players getting a little frustrated at that, which I don't even know was a bad decision by Hamas, but um, but, but, but really Hamas should have, well, actually, okay, it was a bad decision, it wasn't a bad effort, but he should have left it for Nabri, who was behind him, but um, yeah. there was definitely just, uh, it's, it's one of those things where... Bruce uh, Gladbach was just frustrating, frustrating to the point where they kind of were pitted against each other. Absolutely, and and this was a big match. You know, coming into coming into the uh, coming into it, Bayern were in the top four. Um, they were two points ahead of Mönchengladbach. Uh, Mönchengladbach on eleven, Bayern on thirteen, and now Bayern has fallen to fifth for the first time in like seven or eight years, I think. Wow. Um, so it it's it's really disappointing for them. Um, and, you know, they, they were overtaken. Yeah, so the last time Bayern Munich was in fifth place um, after seven matches was in 2010. And, uh, you know, who the manager was? Louis Van Hal. <laughs> That's um, crazy. But, yeah, so Mönchengladbach's in second place. But, but the, you know, Bayern Munich are only, they're only four points off Borussia Dortmund in first place. You know, I, I think they'll... Whoever the manager is, they'll bring it together and, and they'll end up winning the league. But it is exciting to have, 
so much intrigue. You know, usually at this point, Bayern Munich is starting to pull away um, with the league. But now we, we have some excitement there. And some interesting teams in the top four. Dortmund, Gladbach, Werder Bremen, Josh Sargent's Werder Bremen, and uh, Erta Berlin are all in front of Bayern Munich. You know, that move for John Brooks, side note, is looking just worse and worse from um, Erta to Wolfsburg. I mean, yeah. even though Wolfsburg are in eighth place. I mean, yeah, but I mean, obviously, obviously, like, fitness and a variety of things have played into his specific storyline, but right. I, overall, I, I, I agree with you. But um, I, I'm just glad the Bundesliga exists in terms of Americans because it's, it's helped a lot of us out. Yeah, it has. Any, any final thoughts on this match? So I think if this implosion was to happen... It's, it's good that it happens now, as you said. I mean, I think Bayern can rebound from this, and I think um, they, don't have a, they don't have a tough Champions League group at all. I, I, um, I know they have Ajax, who they drew midweek, and then they have Athens. I forgot the fourth team. But um, they have one of the easier groups that they should be able to, t- to take care of. But um, it's better that, you know, if they're in shambles, that it's now when they're in the group part, this part of the Champions League rather than later on. And they can, you know, make up for these lost points. So yeah, I, I mean, I'll, let's 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 say relative shambles. You know, fifth place, four points off the league lead. Let's let's pump the brakes a little. Bit, <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I mean, everything's relative, right? I mean, it, it's if you're a Bayern fan, you, you're you're in shambles. I mean, you think you're in shambles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> and obviously, uh, it's unacceptable not to win the league. So, um, do, I mean, but honestly, do you think do you think Dorman's got a shot? Uh, I mean, they're playing extremely well. You know, their goal differential is 15, which is by far the most in the league right now. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, Sancho, I can't say... Sancho, man, he killed it. He James, killed it Yeah, he's, he, he's great. Sancho. You know, I can't, I can't comment too much on them because I haven't really... I haven't watched them this year, um, which is surprising because, like, two years ago, every time Pulisic was on the field, I was watching. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I haven't really watched them this year, so I don't. I, it seems like they're playing well. I, I, I think they have a shot. I, I think it just really it depends on Bayern Munich, um, and and if they're able to turn it around uh, when they play, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. Um, oh yeah. So overall, I mean, in terms of entertainment value, I think it was, it was, it was a decent. I think it was just pretty fascinating overall because like you, you, it's it's that. It's that like it's when it's it's that point where it's starting to just really get over the tipping point for Byron, and it was kind of cool to see them just right. kind of imploding. But well, when you saw when when you know when Bridge and Mönchengladbach scored the first goal, you were like, okay, they did this last year and they ended up losing five to one. Right. Um, so like you you know you thought Bayern Munich was going to respond in the same way, but you know the mistakes were just too much and. And, you know, Jan, we, we touched on it earlier, but Jan Sommer is such a good goalkeeper. Um, and, you know, he, he didn't have, like, too many miraculous saves, but, you know, honestly, uh, ha- making easy saves is about positioning as well, um, which I think people forget. So, I, 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 you know, Sweden has a couple, or sorry, Switzerland has a couple of great goalkeepers, and, and he's the best one they have. He, he's excellent. He's so much fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, that attack, too, I mean, obviously it didn't get to get forward very many times, but, I mean, Playa just looked explosive every time he was on the ball, and he's he's one of the top-leading scorers right now in the Bundesliga. He had a great season for Nice last year. So, um, 
he he was very exciting to watch. I, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch him much on Nice, so uh, it was really really cool to see him. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, where where did these guys come from, man? How I, I like I it's hard to comprehend. He's French, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, where, <laughs> I don't understand how they have so many good players. It's it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know, man. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, this guy's not even going to sniff the national team. He's not going to get anywhere near the national team. So he's That's true. Tw- he's twenty five. Um, but yeah, he, he was excellent. And Lars Stindl, you know, he's he's a player both you, you and I have liked for quite a while, and and uh, he also had a great game in my opinion. Yeah, I, I thought Thorgan Hazard, honestly, of that front three was the most disappointing i mean maybe he was underwhelming i I think like it's impossible for me to separate him from his brother just a little bit (laughs) yeah no i I, I, it's understandable i'm expecting good things out of him but i mean i i don't really get why he keeps i mean just by watching this game he keeps erman off the field but um you know i mean he's he's obviously a very talented player so but that, oh. that that finish by Airman, I you know I you asked me about it, but I forgot to really talk about it. That finish was excellent. Um, yes, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, and and just like that, you know, they were given only a few corners throughout the game, but they just took advantage of it. So, uh, you know, obviously we talked about Byron's implosion for much of the game, but all credit to to Bertrand Mitch and Gladbach. I'm glad they can. Uh, that is definitely a morale booster, winning that big on the road against you know, one of the best teams uh, in Europe. So definitely, definitely. We'll see where that goes with their season. But moving on to today's game, or today at the time of our recording, Sunday morning, Liverpool versus Manchester City. They played at 10.30 Eastern time. Man City coming off that win versus Brighton last weekend. Liverpool coming off that draw saved by Daniel Sturridge in the 88th minute versus Chelsea. Both teams looking to cement themselves as number one in the Premier League. But it ended up in a 0-0 draw. We didn't see any goals in this one, but there was a lot that happened, right, y'all? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was an exciting and interesting tactical affair, uh, as you would expect, between two of the top managers in the world, Pep Guardiola and um, Jurgen Klopp. So, you know, the way it played out was was very interesting, if you want to get into it more. Yeah, so I mean, I think the first thing I noticed is from the beginning of the game is that Liverpool uh, really employed the Gangnam press that we saw from Jurgen Klopp like in his Borussia Dortmund days or early on at Liverpool. I think it was just a full-on press for the first like 15 minutes. Chelsea could barely get it out of the back without it getting you know stolen City. or being pressured. What'd you say? Sorry. City. Sorry, City, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I think that part of the reason they were less confident uh, doing that against Chelsea is that Chelsea is just so able to punish, punish you know, like any kind of pressure in one or two passes with midfielders like Jorginho and Conte. And I think, uh, no disrespect to Bernard, Bernardo Silva or Fernandinho, but, uh, or David Silva, but I think that that's one of the reasons that they felt a little more confident because, you know, this city team is not a team that just simply just plays long balls forward. It's a lot of dribbling. Right. It's a lot of quick passing. So um, I think that was well, a good decision by Klopp initially. Right, and you and you just feel like you mentioned mentioning 
Fernandinho and, and Bernardo Silva and David Silva, I think you feel like if they had Kevin De Bruyne in this oh, match, yeah. he he would have made a difference. Cause he I, is, I really do. <laughs> he's one of those players that can that can do that. No, there there are so many, and I and you see the formation. It's listed as a four two three one. But really, I, I don't think David Silva was imposing and linking the midfield and attack in this game. I mean, David Silva is a world-class player, obviously, a seasoned veteran. But he just, I don't think he had the same counterattacking presence that a guy like Kevin De Bruyne would have had at all in this game. Yeah. And I think that could have been, definitely could have been the difference. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one, one of the interesting changes we saw from, from midweek was Joe Gomez actually moving to fullback. Yes. And, and Dan Lovren coming in and... Uh, we didn't see uh, Alexander Arnold, Trent Alexander Arnold, who, um, from what I heard, I, di- I didn't get to watch him play, did not have a good match against Napoli in the Champions League. So, um, you know, I thought Gomez played well, but he obviously had that huge mistake that almost led to a Man City goal where he sort of kicked it backwards, <laughs> back into the box. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did watch that uh, Napoli game. Yeah, Alexander Arnold was kind of getting torched. He also was at fault for one of the goals last week versus Chelsea. So um, I, I actually like Alexander Arnold, but I, I think I think overall that change went over really well. Um, yeah. As long as we're talking about Lovren in kind of the beginning of the game, what did you think about that twenty-first minute? I thought the, I thought the commentators kind of kind of glossed over that, but I thought it was I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, no, I, I thought this was a penalty, too. Just because Aguero didn't react <laughs> and start complaining yeah. doesn't mean it wasn't a penalty. No, he, he didn't get any... I didn't, it didn't seem like he got any of the ball there. And, I mean, maybe he was going away from goal, but it's still, it's still a penalty. Maybe not, it's not a red card, but it was, it was... In my opinion, it was definitely a penalty, so... I, I agree. Um, I, I think the commentators were, were kind of... were saying, like, oh, clearly Aguero wasn't complaining, so, he, I mean, it's not even a penalty... But, I mean, if you look at Lovren's reaction, he looked like he just conceded a penalty. He started turning around and complaining <laughs> before right, there was even right, a call. Right, so. right. Well, and something between the Bayern Munich match we just talked about and this match is the presence of VAR, which could have made a difference. You know, in the Bayern Munich ma- match, there was a goal. Um, it wasn't disallowed, but the offside was upheld because of VAR for Bayern Munich. Um, right. Also, the uh, Patrick Ehrman uh, was ruled not a handball. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking. No, uh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they went. They went to VAR. Um, you know, the, the Premier League doesn't have that option here, unfortunately. But I, there was no doubt in my mind that was, that was a penalty. Um, just as much, if not more, so than the second one. Well, just as much. <laughs> they were both penalties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, what, uh, shortly after that, in the 29th minute, uh, James Milner's injury forced him to come off for Nabi Keita. I didn't think Keita was bad necessarily, but I mean, it's hard to say that Milner wouldn't have influenced this game as well. Yeah, you know, Mil- Milner is one of their more solid players, and Keita's been a little bit knocked up. Not knocked up. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's been carrying some injuries too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> To that that would prevent him from playing from from his absolute best that we saw uh, at Leipzig. So, um, you know, I, I mean, Keita was he was all right, but he was not he was not as imposing as he would like him to be. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think. Can, the f- go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, can we can we talk about Liverpool's front three for a second? Um, 
you know, I think people are making a big deal about Mo Salah this year. I mean, he has three goals in eight matches. Like, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> that's actually pretty dang good. That being said, I, I don't think though he he's he's as good this year. He's well, no, I think I think he's I think he's coming back down to earth a little bit because we saw it time and time again at Roma. He gets I mean you saw it more than anyone. You're a Roma fan. You watched every game. He gets into some fantastic positions, but the end product just isn't there. And last year, it seemed like every shot he took was destined for the net. And you just think that maybe he sort of comes back down to earth a little bit this year. And he's not going to convert those chances. He had a decent chance in the first half um, where uh, Robertson, who, by the way, is a great left back. What a signing for them. Um, Sent in a great ball for Salah, an incredible touch by him. And he just put it over the bar. He couldn't even get it on frame. And, you know, Mane is sort of similar. He's not a clinical finisher. They're they're able to get into these great positions but unable to finish. And, um, you know, it, it just seems like that those two might not be where they were last year. Um, obviously, it's really early and it's one game. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch more of Liverpool to see how those two in particular fare. But, you know, it, it just they don't seem as clinical as they were last year. I definitely agree with that. I thought also in, in this game particularly, there wasn't that sense of fluidity or unpredictability by any of the runs. I think you just tended to see Mohamed Salah on the right side, Sadio Mane on the left side, yeah. Firmino in the center. Yeah. So, you know, it, it almost seemed like uh, Liverpool expected or were prepared for Manchester City to start with a back five. Um, but, you know, they, they did play... Uh, City did come out with that back four. And, and what Pep Guardiola does better than anyone is crowding the midfield with his fullbacks. Um, and, you know, it's really difficult to get past the midfield if you're playing against them. And, you know, that's why you saw that long ball from Robertson to Salah was one of the best chances of the match. You know, it was a long ball from the defense to, to the forward. Um, and, you know, that's not the best way to get those players uh, involved in the attack, in my opinion. But, I mean, that being said, there was, there was some great passages of play between that Liverpool front three, and you can see why um, they're one of, if not the best front three in England right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, but, but I think, I think uh, you know, players like Henderson and Milner, who just went a little more under the radar last year in terms of the headlines. Are okay, sh- Henderson, Henderson is not good. Milner, I'll give you. I like Milner. Okay. I don't. I don't think Henderson. I mean, I think player. Henderson's the worst of Winalda, Milner, and Henderson. But I, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I mean, he's not bad. I just don't think he does really anything. I yeah, but he's he's also he's also the, you know the the center of that four three three. He's not going to be as flashy. He's a, he's a rich he's a rich man's Will Trap. In my okay, opinion. how many Will <laughs> Trap comparisons did you make today? <laughs> Yeah, no, but but that ball that you were talking about um, from Robertson to Salah, uh, yeah, I mean that was definitely the biggest chance, and that's not what you want with yeah. you know a front three like this. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think I misspoke. I think it was in the second half, actually. It was in the second half. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, I think can, I think can we just talk about how far the Liverpool defense has come over the years? <laughs> Like well, I mean, after the World Cup, after the World Cup, Lovren went from like um, a liability to one of the world's best defenders. I mean, yeah. the the, per- the perception of him, at least. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I and I think it showed in his form pretty much today too. He he and Van Dyke were excellent. I thought. 
Well, Van Dyke is just awesome. He I is mean, awesome. He, he, he is, you know. What's better than a center back with a man bun? Not, well, not going back, not to go back to American football, but, like, a great center back is like watching, like Van Dyke, is like watching a great defensive lineman or outside linebacker play. You know, someone, that's not a position where you necessarily are watching them every single time they're involved or in every single play, but when you have players like J.J. Watt or Miles Garrett or Khalil Mack or Von Miller, your eyes are fixated on them. And that's how, that's how Virgil van Dyke is for me. He's so good at what he does and so smooth that I just I love watching him play. And I don't know how many center backs I can say that about. I don't know if that made sense, but... <laughs> no, I mean, it definitely does. It does, yeah. I, I thought... I, I, I mean, besides a key moment that we actually haven't touched on yet... Uh, no, not really, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he might have been my man of the match for Liverpool, honestly. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good shout. Except for the the penalty we're about to talk about yes yes uh, in the 86th minute Virgil van Dyke uh brings down Leroy Sané in the counterattack. good ball by was it Bernardo Silva or David Silva I just it wrote was, down I, Silva in my notes <laughs> I believe it was Bernardo Silva okay I think so too yeah Bernardo Silva played a really nice ball to Leroy Sané on the counterattack. Sané just gets dragged down by van Dyke. it doesn't look like he gets any of the ball and it's a penalty for Manchester City I mean, it was a clear penalty. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, there's nothing I can really say from him. He, he, he didn't get much of the ball. You know, Sana, Sana's touch, I think, actually let him down a little bit and took him away from goal. Um, but he was able to recover, and, and Van Dyke got between him and the ball. Absolutely. And clear. He, didn't, he, he didn't need to. I, I don't think he needed to do that. I think he could have just, like I said, it wasn't a great touch. I think he could have just ushered him out of play or at the very least given up a corner kick. If uh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think he almost made that decision prior to realizing the touch that Sané had made. I, right, right. Yeah. And it's hard because when, when, when Sané is coming at you, you don't have much time to think. I mean, he is <laughs> rapid. I, yeah, I, no, I mean, I, I thought that Leroy Sané, I mean, Raheem Sterling had a few moments, but I thought Sané, given that he only played for 15 minutes, was, was pretty threatening. I mean, and he caused, yeah. obviously, City's best chance of the game. Yeah, I mean, I would go with, I love Riyad Mahrez. I think I would go with, with Sterling and Sané, but. Yeah, knows? yeah, no, and, uh, I, and I know you're not saying that just because of this moment that we're about to talk about. Uh, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> So, um, you know what's interesting? It's actually uh, Benjamin Mendy uh, motioned Mahrez to go to the spot, but it looks like Gabriel Jesus was, Jesus was going to take the penalty initially, and Mahrez does not have a good penalty scoring record. I think it was kind of a confidence penalty um, to, you know, just give well, Mahrez. Well, so he was, he was two for five going into this. Yeah. Um, Mahrez was. Yeah. Mahrez was. Yeah, and now he's two for six. And, you know, I get it. You know, you want to build confidence in Riyad Mahrez, but... I mean, when you're in a title race and it's the 85th minute and you're on the road at um, a team that you're level on points with, give it to your striker. Give it to your best penalty taker. Um, you know, Gabriel Jesus would be the one who I would, you know, think would take it. Um, but, you know, Mares took it and he just, he sailed it over the bar. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually watched, I watched the Roma game too this weekend. So I watched two games and... There were there were two penalties in those games. Both went over the bar. Empoli took a Roma against Roma. So, Empoli took a penalty against Roma and it went over the bar. So that's very odd. Um, but 
Yeah, it was definitely a moment where you thought Manchester City was going to take uh, all three points. You thought that Liverpool's defense had bailed them out for a second, but um, it ended up going over the bar. And it, it, I, you had to feel bad for Mahrez after that. He, he really, uh, his facial expression was kind of heartbreaking. But in the end, you know, I think this result was pretty fair. Um, a 0-0 draw. I think that there weren't many chances. I think there weren't many clear-cut chances. I do yeah. think City were slightly the better team, but... Yeah, I think um, as the game grew on particularly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, th- I think it's a pretty fair result, and now we have a three-way tie on top of the Premier League. We do. Liverpool, Chelsea, and Manchester City are all tied in first for t- with 20 points, and Arsenal yeah. and Tottenham are just behind them in fourth and fifth with uh, 18 points. Yeah, don't forget Bournemouth with 16 they're not too far out. No, they're not. Uh, so hey, is, Ever, Ever, Everton are only eight points off the title. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to factor in that a lot of the top teams have played each other already. Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's, that, that's not super realistic. <laughs> Champions League, though. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, they, what, they didn't, didn't they, did they lose over the they weekend? They won. Okay, they won. No, they won. Okay, who did they beat? Yeah, they beat Leicester. Not bad, not bad. Gilfie, you should go watch Gilfie Sigerson's goal. He, he made it 2-1 to one. Uh, on the road. It was a magnificent goal. All right. Um, is there anything else you want to say on that game? No. Uh, you know, it was – obviously, yeah, I was hoping for more goals, but, you know, I'm always down for a good 0-0 tactical uh, slugfest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, by two of the best managers, I think, in the game. I, I, I know Klopp gets a lot of heat, but I think he knows what he's doing, and he, he is part of the reason this attack works so well, I think. He clearly, I mean, he clearly knows what he's doing. This is, this is the best Liverpool's look since the one season they challenged for the title. 13-14, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, since before that, when they had, like, Xavi Alonso and Fernando Torres and, and those guys, so... <laughs> I mean, it, they, they, I mean, they have a real shot to win the league this year. This actually could be their year. I hope not, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it could be. But you, you like Jurgen Klopp, though. I, yeah, I do. Wait, I mean, I like, I like Liverpool's play. I love Mohamed. I was heartbroken when, when Mo Salah and Jurgen Klopp went to Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, those were, like, two of my favorite people in the game. I was heartbroken when Salah barely got to play in the World Cup. Yes, that was that sucked. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely get you. They, they have a lot of likable players for sure. Yeah, except for Jordan Henderson, Jesus. I didn't like Coutinho too much, so <laughs> I didn't like Coutinho too much. before he left to Barcelona. But yeah, Jordan Henderson. Yeah, uh, yeah, they have two former Roma players, two two blockbuster transfers over the past two summers. Uh, Alice. I forgot, you know, we, we you started talking about how uh, how much better their defenses looked, and I forgot to mention their fullbacks are just so much better than they used to be. I mean, like three years ago, Alberto Moreno, or I mean, like was it last year even or two years ago? Alberto Moreno was starting in important matches for them, and now they have Robertson, who's just a fantastic player. Absolutely. And they have a goalkeeper now. Yes. <laughs> so. No offense to Carius, but. There's really curious and menially. There's really not. A, there's really not a huge. There's not a weakness on, on this team. No, no. I mean, I I think yeah. I mean, if Keita's coming off your bench, uh, that's a pretty good sign. And 
I mean, Fabinho, where is Fabinho? Free Fabinho. He hasn't even, <laughs> has he played yet this year? I very, I think very little. So, I mean. Yeah. You yeah, know, you it's interesting. To... Both teams only made two changes today. I, I was like trying to find the, th- like the, the fifth and sixth change in total, but no, it, 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 and they were pretty much two like for like changes. You had Gabriela Jesus coming on for Aguero. You had Leroy Sané coming on for Raheem Sterling. And then for Liverpool, you had Nabi Keita coming on for the injured uh, James Milner. And um, I am forgetting. Sturridge. Sturridge Yeah, Sturridge coming on for Firmino. Firmino. Yeah. uh, No, you're right. That is interesting. I didn't even think about that. And, I mean, Liverpool, really, it was one change to change, like, how the match was going to go. Because Milner got injured in, what, the 26th minute? So, um, that's interesting. That, 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 is, that is something Liverpool is lacking, depth up front. I mean, they have Sturridge and they have Shakiri. I think depth in general, Manchester City just definitely edges them out. Uh, more than edges them out. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, Kevin, De, Kevin De Bruyne didn't even play in this match. I mean, Leroy Sana came off the bench. Like, those are... Yeah, those I mean, are... Like, pick, like, pick two out of Otamendi, Company, Laporte, and John Stones. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that, any of those is a good combination every game. I think that's crazy. Like that you have that yeah. that many quality center backs, um, right? And right. It, it, it they the business they've done with their defense the past two to three years has been really really impressive. I know Danilo is kind of disappointed, but other than that, I think. So so do you think these are the two? Do you think anyone else has a chance? I, I I'm a believer in Maurizio Sarri and Chelsea. Honestly, I think that. I think that, uh, yeah, if, I, if it was to turn into a two-horse race, I think that maybe Chelsea is, is kind of cemented into third place by, like, January. But I, I, I mean, based on what I've seen, I think Chelsea outplayed Liverpool last week. I think Chelsea has won convincingly many times. And um, I'm in love with Jorginho. Jorginho is amazing. <laughs> He's an 82 in FIFA. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> Okay, we're we're not an explicit podcast. <laughs> okay, That's, you you're, you're talking. No, no, no. The, okay. I've been, let's I've go been back to the records. I'm pretty sure you've been very good this today. No, I've been very good today. Way more than I've, I have. I've stopped myself today. <laughs> yeah, but no. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Do you when think Chelsea I went, is when not? I went to, when I went on that rant about Concacaf in the Gold Cup with with the Panama handball, that that was that was deserved. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think the first rant you went on was when the <laughs> was when the U.S. didn't look good at the beginning of the the U.S. WNT didn't look good at the beginning of the 2015 Women's World Cup. That was not my first rant. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was that, that was one of our oh, first episodes. Was, yeah. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just I was just. Uh, it was, it was talking. It, I was I was I was criticizing Jill Ellis and yeah. saying she wasn't good enough to be the national coach. <laughs> And then no. we win. We you win handily be, in the final of that. You, you you can't be you can't be right right hundred percent of the time, you know. Yes, but you can be less wrong than just go slightly. go back to the tapes. Go, go back to our old YouTube channel. I call Christian Pulisic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you also called Leicester City finishing in twentieth place in the 2015 2016 season. <laughs> okay, I mean, <laughs> I had them at eighteenth, so I. I yeah. Exactly. You, you had them going down. No, but I remember getting into an argument on why they deserved to be an 18th. You were too caught up in the scandal, man. <laughs> okay. 
Um, yeah, no, but is there any... You don't think Chelsea is, is a legitimate contender? No, I, I do. I, I was just... I mean, I think... Honestly, I think Arsenal and Tottenham are, are legitimate contenders, too. Uh, I'll slow down on that. All right. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that they will... I think this will be actually how the table finishes out. Because isn't it... Yeah, isn't it City has the tiebreaker over Liverpool? I, Liverpool's, Liverpool's actually in third place right now. Oh, okay. So I think it'll Chelsea, be City Chelsea's 1... Uh, City 1, Liverpool 2, Chelsea 3, uh, Arsenal 4, Tottenham 5. I, I think once we hit winter and it's there's Christmas and Boxing Day and all those matches in such a short period of time, City's depth is really going to show. That's a good, be, that's a good point. And, and be a huge asset for them, and they're going to pull away during that time. But another, another thing to consider is that Chelsea is not playing in the Champions League. That's true. So Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, it'll, it's definitely exciting. I think that um, this year in particular, it is... I know people always like to say, like, oh, like the Premier League is the most exciting. You never know who's well, going to win. Well, that's not... Okay. But I mean, like, that, that might be true. That, that's true from year to year, but during the year, it's not that exciting. Right. Like, I feel like usually seven or eight matches in, it's not as close as it is right now. So, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how it plays out, and, uh, yeah... Um, so we have the international break coming up, which is everyone's favorite time of the season. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, as we said before, we should have those reviews of Colombia and Peru coming up, the USMNT friendlies. Really excited to talk about that. Um, really excited to go we also We also got to talk some USWNT. They're in World Cup qualifying right now. That is also true. We'll be talking they about just that. Destroyed, they just destroyed Panama. Also, huge shout-out to my friend Nichelle Prince for scoring a goal for the Houston Dash. That was awesome. That's really she'll, cool. She'll she'll be. Oh, on the and I don't think we. Uh, did you shout out our graphic designer? I did last time, but I will do oh, it okay. again. <laughs> um, huge shout out to Kat Dranchik for um, creating our new logo, which looks awesome. Um, definitely, definitely check it out in the uh, description. Check out her stuff. She's great. She's currently working on a logo for Elevation Capital, a new and upcoming trust fund. <laughs> So, uh, okay. uh, you know, she's, she's, she's making the big time now. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, did you see Kylian Mbappe scored four goals That's, in 13 minutes? You know, minutes? I, was, I, was gonna <laughs> I was actually just about to bring that up. Yeah, that was ridiculous. It might have been the most boring super hat trick I've ever watched. I mean, I watched the highlights of it only. You know, None of the great. goals were spectacular. That's when, when Robert Lewandowski scored five goals in nine minutes. That was awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, that, yeah, I think that edged out, but did you see the highlights of those goals Mbappe scored? Yeah, no, you're right. They, they were, were not just, uh, like, a lot of them were, like, deflected and, like, So, if, if you, right now, who would you take, Mbappe or Neymar? Like, if I'm starting a franchise, or, like, a club, I guess. Yeah, yeah like, if you, if you had the option of taking one of those two players. I'd take Mbappe, I mean, I'd take Mbappe and Hazard over Neymar. I mean, if we're just kind of... I mean, I think Hazard's probably two years older than Neymar or something like that, but two or three years older. But I think if if if, you're, if I want like the best winger in the world that's like not named Messi, then I'll take Hazard. But if I'm taking like a young and up and comer, I'll take Mbappe. Interesting. I mean, I, I think I'd agree with you, but it's you know, it's weird how well it's funny how Neymar left. Barcelona to be his own star, and then all of a sudden here comes Kylian Mbappe. 
and sort of overtakes Neymar at PSG of all places. So right, right. I wouldn't be surprised if Neymar makes the move to Real Madrid. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> Neymar versus Messi. I think that'll kind of revitalize El Clasico. Which, by the way, is coming up the does, first weekend after the Does El Clasico need revitalization? Yeah, because Ronaldo left. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe to you. <laughs> what? I mean, okay, yeah. No, not to me. I think that, I think that, like, that was, we, that was literally in every graphic of El Clasico for the past, like, 10 years. Yeah, well. Ronaldo versus Messi. Let's, let's not talk about Ronaldo. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Good thing we didn't talk about Juve winning. Juve and PSG both are off to perfect starts, by the way. I thought, I thought you were about to say, "Good thing we didn't talk about Kavanaugh." <laughs> I was like, "What?" what? <laughs> no. But, by the way, vote, vote, register to vote. Um, if you haven't yeah, already. If, if you're if you're if you're still listening and you haven't registered to vote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you only have a few more days to do it, so uh, definitely part of. Being an American citizen, have you is, is are you are you voting? Are you voting there or here? I'm doing an absentee ballot for Ohio. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so definitely do that. Uh, there's one more thing I wanted to say regarding okay. a, a storyline over the weekend, and it had to do with the sport of soccer. <laughs> did you you forgot it? I think I did. But is there any storylines that you want to talk about? Uh, well, I know I mentioned it, but um, Bobby Wood had a brace, which was awesome. Weston McKenney scored his second goal. He scored last week during the week for, in the Champions League, which was cool to see. Absolutely. Uh, Romain Gall continues to perform and score goals for Malmo. Um, so it's an exciting time for, for U.S. men's national team players uh, abroad. And I'm excited. I'm excited to be excited about the U.S. again. I mean, I'm not right now because Dave Sarakin is still our manager, but... <laughs> Once, once qualifying starts to pick up, um, I'm looking forward to it. Have you remembered what you forgot or, or no? I'm just going to talk about Roma because, like, that's always <laughs> easy to do okay. for me. But, um, so I mean, honestly, do we need to talk anymore? It's been an hour. Okay, yes. And here's why. <laughs> because there's a performance worth talking about midweek. Edin Dzeko scored a hat-trick. I think Paulo Dybala scored a hat-trick, too. But Edin Dzeko's is way cooler because it was against Victoria Pilsen. The Czech champions. Wait, is that? Did you pronounce it right? Yes. Okay. Because remember, we, we got a t- we got a tweet about that. A we did. Ago. We did. It was our proudest moment as a podcast. <laughs> Not really. We interviewed Landon Donovan, episode number sixty. Go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, <laughs> are we gonna plug? Are we gonna plug that in every episode? I think we plugged pretty much everything that in this episode. <laughs> That's true. We have. We have. What can we say? We're we're media geniuses, you know. Yes. Taking it to the next level. Pioneers. We we've been we. Did podcast oh before podcasts were cool. Is this is this what is this what it feels like to be on Barstool? <laughs> <laughs> God dang it! <laughs> okay, let, 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 let's uh, we don't want to do that. So let's let's bring it back in a little bit. Right, right. Let's bring it back in. Anyways, I'm just glad that Roma. Uh, it was there was a point I think two weeks ago uh, where Eusebio Di Francesco, our coach, certainly looked like he was going to be fired. But we had we're on four straight wins going into the international break, including that thrashing of Pilsen. So. Really excited about them. Watch out for them in the Champions League. We we I hear we we did some good stuff last year. I don't I don't know. I think we might have pulled off some kind of historical comeback. Um, Roma have risen from their ruins. Manolas, the Greek god in Rome, kind of an iconic call. Anyways. Manolas, Mustakas, Giannis. It's it's a really it's a great time <laughs> to be a fan of Greek players. 
<laughs> you know, Greece has a very interesting culture. How are you? How do you know that? I have, you don't have Greek friends. I feel like it's you, different having a Greek friend than like any other. No, European that's true. Friend. Actually, so, like, that is very true. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's meta- Yeah, it's like the whole Mediterranean culture. Greek food is really good. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I just realized I'm very hungry, so uh, that's <laughs> we a good should call. get out of here. Pizza? Biryani. Biryani. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I'm more asking if you wanted a pizza. No, I want biryani. If you wanted to share a pizza. You're sure. We'll send it over from Madison. Mom actually did that. You know, she sent me cookies a couple days ago. Yeah, I was, right, I was right. Yeah, I was right next to her when she ordered them. College is going great, guys. By the way. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Save it for the college podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're so happy to be doing this again. We'll see you guys uh, for the next episode recapping Columbia. Until then, we'll just give you our standard plug. Uh, our email is soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podkicker, not yet Spotify. But check us out on all those places. Review and rate us. Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at soccerbrospod. We're also on Facebook. All in the description. We'll have timestamps too, right, Nihal? Linking what? when... No, no, you can't. No, 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 you can't. You can't spring that on me. This, okay, this kid, my brother, he doesn't, he doesn't do any of the editing. Okay. He just, he just, no, 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 I just said, you can't just say... We're okay, yeah, but I decide time. what we're going to uh, talk about. Okay, and you know what? Since we're, we're being so much less eclectic and we're just talking about three things, I, can, I think I can manage. I'll try to get timestamps in there. If I don't, it's 2 a.m. I'm about to eat. Like, I'm sorry, guys, if, if those aren't in there. Also, Spotify, it's, we've been talking about that for like two years now, so I, I'm going to get on that. And yeah, yeah, Spotify. yeah, we definitely should. It, I, I've like seen my friends listening to pod, or podcasts on Spotify, so I think it's like a, it's a thing. Also, my, co- my computer is very old, and um, I'm having a hard time exporting videos right now, so actually not a hard time. It's impossible for me to export videos. So once I get my new computer this week, um, stuff will be uploaded onto the YouTube channel look out for that with that we'll see you guys next time for episode four of season two of the soccer brothers podcast i don't know when season three is going to start but season two is going great arlie take us out